Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and hopefully you're surviving you know, COVID-19 and hasn't 2020 been a really, really interesting year, one of a lot of change, one of a lot of, um, a lot of people causing to be, um, well, not causing them to be, but um, uh, allowing them a whole lot of time for self-reflection, obviously being in lockdown, not going out so much, we can, we're getting more time with their families. There's a whole lot of positives to COVID-19, whilst there's a hell of a lot of negatives. Um, you know, obviously I live in Melbourne and being in lockdown, has its interesting facets. Now, I'm lucky enough to be in a reasonably large house with some land around me, so it's not so bad for me, but uh, I, I couldn't imagine doing this, you know, in a one-bedroom apartment in the inner city, in those, or what we sort of became to know, those vertical cruise ships, you know, where somebody gets coronavirus, you know, you've got to watch touching the elevator buttons and things like that. So um, I have been pretty lucky, but it hasn't been too bad. But again, it's a real good time to reflect on what's going on and for people to have a good look at what they're doing and where they're going. But today I really wanted to sort of breach a subject that a few people have sort of mentioned to me and asked me about my thoughts on, and it's basically the bail-in act. Um, and to give a really sort of a brief sort of overview of it. Um, basically, it was all came out of the G20 through the GFC. Uh, and the G20 is obviously, you know, America and a whole lot of other countries, including Australia. But basically, the bail-in um, provisions or its financial um, sector legislation, amendment, crisis, resolution powers and other measures, the Act of 2018. Um, basically, the bail-in system, it, it came out of... Um, a big meeting they had in Switzerland back after the 2008 or after the global financial crisis, basically. But at the time, um, around about February 2018, the um, Turnbull or um, Scott Morrison as well um, was in it. But basically, the Liberal government uh, brought in uh, the the um, this act, um, but pretty much they just rushed it through, uh, and it really was. There was whole, nobody in Parliament, and they pushed it all through, and it was really hush-hush, and most people in Australia would never have heard of the Bail-In Act. Now, it came about because, as you're probably aware, during the GFC, there was a lot of bailouts of banks in the US, and uh, and that's really where it came about, that uh, these people looking for international settlements, et cetera, et cetera, wanted some certainty when they were dealing with banks, and they wanted guarantees. So basically, the big end of town wanted to guarantee their money. That's really what it's about. Um, and as usual, the uh, man on the street generally has to pay for it because um, I'm not sure whether you've heard me say it before, but I 
really think banks are rapists in suits. You know, they're really good at stripping your your money and um, them making the big. They're making the big bucks, and and you can only, you've seen that back through history. You know, the big banks uh, are controlling the world or have been controlling all the, the big money controls the world. So. Uh, the bail-in is to say instead of the bail, the government bailing out the banks as they did in America, they did let some go broke, um, but uh, they did bail out banks. Didn't have to do that in Australia because our big four banks are very, very safe. Um, they've been there, some of the safest in the world, and some of the in the top banks within the world. They've good, good, got good liquidity, and there's lots of guarantees. Obviously, we have. Um, the Australian federal government guarantees your deposits up to $250,000, I think. I know it's at least two hundred. It might be two fifty. I can't remember exactly the figure, but basically the bailout, um, to give you a broad view on it, and you can just, oh, sorry, the bailout, the bail-in. It's the bail-in legislation. How it actually works in simplest forms, and I do strongly suggest that you Google this yourself and, and look at those bail-in laws for yourself so that you actually understand what is going on and what happened. Um, uh, but the Bail-In um, Act that went through basically says that if a bank, an Australian bank, is um, struggling to pay its bills, basically, um, and it's going down in price, obviously, uh, then what can happen is the APRA, which is the Australian Prudential Rights Association, has the right to go into that bank and take over the running of that bank. Um, APRA runs basically the banking industry. It's, the, I suppose, the regulator, if that watchdog, um, basically, of the banking system. So they would go in and try and run the bank and try to get it back into profitability um, and to make sure it keeps on trading. Now, failure to do that, if APRA can't do that and it needs to put it into um, administration, uh, then it will do so. Um, it, it will have to apply to the courts. I'm pretty sure I think it's like to have be to be able to do that. Um, but if it can't be saved, um, nobody if nobody buys it, blah, 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 the bank will be wound up. And at that point, that's the conjecture and the part that Every Australian needs to be aware of. Obviously, um, there's whilst it's not specifically said in our legislation that they can take your deposit. So basically, you're a creditor. If you have money in a bank, you're a creditor to the bank because they owe you that money back. And um, and what the Act is, it's not very very clear here uh, as it is in other countries. For example, in New Zealand. If your money's in a bank in New Zealand and that bank goes, it gets wound up or they can use the depositor's funds, your cash in your bank account, to save the bank. They can do that or pay the creditors out, which is these international transfers and the creditors of the bank. So don't assume that you would be, you know, you'd get your money back. I think the big end of town secured creditors and other things would be getting the money first and they'd be getting your money. That's the point. So that's in New Zealand and, and USA and a few other countries around the world. Australia, it's very, very ambiguous in the wording. I did read the wording that doesn't specifically include or exclude your deposits in your bank account. And that's the concerning thing that Australians have. All people asking me questions about it, that will my money be safe? I'm seeing people buying gold and silver to put their money in those as opposed to keeping money in the bank just because they don't trust the banks. And, you know, whilst I do trust 
the banks. I only trust them because we do have good government regulation around banks and that's where APRA is great. Uh, and we do have a lot more stringent rules and regulations around our bank and our financial system. And that's hence why uh, our banks weren't anywhere near in the much trouble as what um, the US banks were during the GFC. And they've even tightened up even a, a lot further. You can see the banks you know, have all sold off their wealth management arms, etc. Um, and they've really cleaned up their job. And obviously the um, liquidity requirements on banks is a lot higher now than what it was during the GFC. So the chances of, a, of the, one of the big four going broke is not high in Australia. I won't say, I won't be an alarmist and say it's high. It's not. It's very, very, very low. And you're very, very safe. But the point is, it's still grey. Um, I know there was some legislation or trying to get some amended legislation through to make it very, very clear as to whether they could take your money or your deposits in your bank account to save the bank or bail out the bank, even though it's called a bail-in, which is interesting wording. Um, but uh, it still hasn't been passed. So I would suggest... If you're concerned about your money, there's a couple of things you can do. Now, first things first is don't have all your money in one bank. It is simple as that. For all four big four banks to go broke at the same time would be exceedingly um, improbable, my guess. Um, so, you know, try and keep, if you've got a lot of money in the bank, if you don't have more than $250,000 in the bank, then I would suggest you don't have too much to worry about because obviously the, the government guarantees the first few hundred thousand dollars in every bank account in that cash bank accounts, basically. Um, but again, I'd still would be, if you're worried about it, I have multiple bank accounts or we have multiple bank accounts and cash in different ones. And it just makes smart sense to distribute your wealth and no bank should all know all of your um, financial situation, if that's what it is, you know. And to me, when I used to work in the banks, um, people had come in to me and you know, I'd be applying for a loan and trying to give me everything they need. And I said, no, don't do that. Only ever give the bank enough to get what you want. Keep everything else a secret. Don't tell them my whole life story. Um, and I've had mortgage brokers and obviously people coming in and bankers and business bankers wanting to know all of the detail for, for me to do business. And I go, what do I, what do I need to give you just so I get this? And I wouldn't give them, and they'd ask for more stuff, and I went, no, you're not getting it. It's either approved on this or not. And the simple thing is, is again, I don't, I don't, I trust banks to a point, and it's about they don't need to know everything because they use that information then, not against you, but you know, for their benefit. And so, therefore, it always pays to distribute your wealth across multiple different banks. But if you are concerned about what your money's doing and whether it's safe in an Australian bank, and again, I don't want to be an alarmist and I'm not trying to be, I'm just saying you need to be aware because it's no use after something happens that you go, oh, I didn't know this was happening. You do need to be aware of the bail, um, bail in amendment. Uh, laws and as I said, there was, um, I believe, an amendment going through in the last three or four weeks, or trying to go through in the last three or four weeks. But obviously, due to COVID nineteen, that probably didn't happen. The Parliament's only just started sitting again. But I would suggest you, as I said, look up these ideas, or sorry, start googling bail in in Australia law in Australia. Read up about it yourself, contact your local member uh, or federal member of parliament and express your opinions on those, on whatever that is, because the more people that express their opinion, the more clarity we might get around this. And the push is to specifically exclude deposit accounts 
you know, as if you're putting money in the bank, it should be excluded. Absolutely. Why should the bank or the whoever is administering the bank be able to take your money? It's just not right in my book. So that's my opinion. But you you should be able to come up with your own opinion, as I said. Have a read of all the stuff and, and see how you go. But that's it for me for this week, my little um, statement. Um, as I said, on the bail-in laws. But please take care out there. Do your social distancing, please. You know, if, if you're not in Melbourne, you don't necessarily appreciate the depth of um, importance of you being socially distanced, wearing masks, being very careful, washing your hands. You know, um, you know, we've been in lockdown for pretty much since March in here in Melbourne. Um, so it hasn't been as much fun, you know, five months-ish not being able to do too much. Um, I know it's great for my car. It's not going anywhere, so it's not putting on too many kilometres. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'd really like to get out and be able to eat at a restaurant again and, uh, you know, just go down to the local cafe and have a coffee and a cake or whatever it is and a bit of social time. There are lots of friends and family that I haven't seen in months. Um, yes, we can talk to them. So please do take care out there. Stay safe. Good luck, good trading. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. You've been listening to Talking Wealth. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.